0: Here's a little funny thing that I think I can say. I've been judging the Dice Awards.
1: What's good this year, six-sided, (laughs) eight-sided?
0: It's all about D20. Yeah. So everyone has to do a deep dive on two games in the action panel that I'm on. Everyone's supposed to play every game, but certain people will specifically do deep reviews of specific games to kind of give like a little primer, make it easier for everybody else. And, um... If you don't like make a bid for I want to do this one, you get assigned them. Yeah, and so that means that uh, that Ed Boone of Mortal Kombat fame got saddled with uh, two VR games, <laughs> 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 and, and he had to review them. And he was like, I don't really am not don't really do the VR, so I had to borrow a headset from my coworker. <laughs> it was pretty, wow, it was just it's just uh, one of my favorite little treats every year is seeing what games. Ed Ed Boone Boone (laughs) gets forced to do because he never chooses one. And last year, it was like a couple indie games that he was forced to play, which I was like, those guys, they should know that Ed Boone played through their whole game.
1: (laughs) They should, (laughs) regardless of whether he liked it or not. They should know
0: that. Yeah, he liked one of them last year. This year, not so much. Did you see I put the second DICE Awards on YouTube?
1: Oh, yeah, Uh,
2: you did. That's cool. We also have the first one, but it's uh, really
0: cringy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I bet.
2: Nice. Nice awards.
1: Martin Short hosted the third one.
0: Really?
2: Wow. Yeah. Julio's in the second one that we put online. That's a different time. Julio gets on the mic and he's like, I am a gamer. And everyone like applauds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's so brave. Yeah. (laughs) Sir, it seems you've had enough to drink. Might I recommend a brisk walk? This is episode 320 of Insert Credit, a video game podcast where a panel of experts cycles through an array of topics at the pace of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and my favorite improvised melee weapon is the crowbar.
2: Mmm, improvised melee weapon. My name is Frank Cifaldi, and my, my, my favorite improvised melee weapon, I don't feel like any... Weapon in a video game is improvised, so uh, you must be talking about
1: real life. As frequently translated into video games, yes.
2: Okay. Wow. So, you wait. So, Alex Jaffe, have you improvised using a crowbar (laughs) as a weapon?
1: In real life, a crowbar is considered an improvised weapon. If it appears in a video game, it is an intentional weapon, but it draws on the history of crowbars as improvised weapons in the world.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Frank Spolly. My favorite improvised weapon um, is a comically large uh, traffic cone.
3: That's a good one. Yeah, yeah that's a
2: yeah. that's a hot one.
3: You know, uh, uh, I'm Tim Rogers, and my favorite improvised weapon uh, I've got to just say it's the regular old, good old American football pigskin-sized, good old classic red brick. You know? really? Yeah. Short range on a brick, unless you throw it. There's some well, that's not melee, it's but not uh, melee. I'm not, I'm not talking uh, about. It. Oh, I'm I'm not talking about it. Frank. Uh, uh, if you'd like to, if you're interested in throwing bricks, Frank, check out the video game uh, The Last of Us, developed <laughs> by Naughty Dog. Naughty dog, <laughs> Naughty dog, Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog. Listen, if I was Naughty interested dog.
2: in throwing bricks. Uh, there, there's a basketball hoop very easily walking distance. From. Oh,
3: that's another one. That was a, that was that was the lower hanging fruit, and uh, I like it. Throw a brick right at it. <laughs> but also in The Last of Us, you can bash people in the head with a brick. And every time I do that, I think, you know, I bet I bet I could do that in real life. I bet that wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> it wouldn't be so hard to kill somebody that way. Really get their melon with a brick. Hold it high and tight, you know. That's an image. It beats beating them with your fists. Doesn't hurt your hands as much. That's right? true. So, etc. It's a knuckle duster. Yeah.
0: I'm Brandon Sheffield, and I've been spending this whole time trying to figure out which game had a two-by-two. Board. I thought it was four. Silent Hill three. No, a two by two. It's a really skinny stick of wood, and I swear it was Silent Hill three. But I, I guess it's not correct. And so with that, I'm going to have to say bent lead pipe uh, because I know that that's for real. Classic. So But I I always liked wherever wherever I saw that two by two, I was like this would break, and uh, it made me like it. <laughs> so the uh,
1: implausibility I, of it.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't remember where that was. Get at me in the chat. Let me know what game that was, and you'll win a prize.
1: Let's talk about the news. (laughs) Really? This year, Best Buy will be ceasing all sales of DVDs and Blu-rays. Are we approaching an era without physical game releases? Oh, are they actually keeping games? Yes. Oh, I didn't
2: know that. I actually thought they were getting rid of games, and I went, yep, that makes sense. So I guess the answer to your question from my perspective is, yeah, and I thought that was happening already.
1: (laughs) You thought we were
0: already there. I have, I have several things it's to say about this. It's definitely happening. One, one is I was recently just curious, and I looked up whether Blu-rays have ever outsold DVDs. And the oh, answer is no.
3: Oh, obviously not. No.
0: Uh, DVDs outsell Blu-ray and 4K combined. They still do. They still do. They ne- There's never been a time when uh, Blu-ray outsold DVD. So that is piece of information that you can use for your uh what what do physical media buyers even think about stuff kind of uh
3: uh that that three line there yeah it's not about quality my my listeners and viewers and uh you know people in my community already know this i've talked about this a lot but uh you know i get wga you know screeners uh, as a, as a as a guild member of the Writers Guild, uh, I receive uh, copious screeners every award season, and these are pretty much the same sorts of screeners that are sent to Academy Awards vo- voters and producers, all those octogenarians who select uh, the blandest film to win the Best Picture. They're always DVD, right? Yeah. And the answer, if you look into it, is uh, because most. Like the overwhelming majority of Academy voters, uh, they don't have Blu-ray yet, right? They use the word yeah. "yet," which is funny because Blu-ray is coming up on twenty years yeah. uh, mm-hmm. old. Blu-ray has been around now a, a far longer than DVD had been around at the time Blu-ray emerged, which is kind of interesting. yeah. yeah. But it's just the fact that Blu-ray still does not complete has not completely eradicated DVD. Is uh, I think you know your perfect indicator in just physical media is just gradually becoming the plaything of old people, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, you can make of that what you will. You know, it's it's okay to still enjoy physical media, you know, but it's uh, it's it's quickly and gradually, quickly and gradually becoming just yeah. sort of an old an old man's game, right?
0: And it's also interesting when you think about vinyl records, which are, are selling more than than they have for, like, 30 years, of course. Yeah. But uh, they're selling at, like, the Blu-ray levels, not at the DVD level.
1: Yes. I'm surprised that high.
0: So uh, the other thing I wanted to mention regarding physical media going away is, in Japan, they are still buying physical media more than digital. I got some stats at some point, and I'm probably going to get them a little wrong, but here it's, like, on PlayStation, it's, like, 80 percent digital to 20 percent physical something like that and then in japan it is almost reversed where it's um 60 to 70 percent physical and then 30 to 40 percent digital
1: why do you think that is
0: that is a big mysterious mystery i i could give you some theories one being that credit cards and purchasing things online was still weird there until uh, like 15 years ago Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Maybe it, was, even it, was more still,
3: recent? it was yeah, even more recently than that. Like, they, they
0: still, in stores, if you make a purchase of, let's say, $50 or more in Japan, they'll ask you if you want to make that as a single purchase
3: or, or create a payment plan. Ipatsubara, yeah, yeah. It's still, uh, credit is still looked at. Uh, I mean, buying anything with a credit card, with a Japanese credit card in Japan, immediately opens up. Like a a whole conversation tree from the cashier. That's yeah. like you're suddenly sitting in a bank office, taking out a home loan or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, it's kind of interesting to suddenly have that vocabulary hit you when you try to buy something with a credit card. Yep. Yeah. And also, if you try to, I mean, when when I would buy things with a Visa card in Japan, for example, I would I would have to show my Gaijin ID card. I would have to show my Passport, my U.S. driver's license, uh, another credit card, and my bank card. Wow. You know, just to uh to buy Valkyria Chronicles for the uh, PlayStation Three.
0: Yeah, if your if your uh, signature had rubbed off the back of your, they wouldn't
3: let you take. They, yeah, they would not let you buy anything. Woe betide ye! They wouldn't let you re-sign it either.
0: No, to- but toward the end, later on, toward the end, uh, it's still ongoing. But uh, later on, they some people would let you. Sign it there as long as you like also had your passport with you or whatever.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I eventually stopped trying to use my Visa card like at all in Japan past a certain point because uh, there was like I had a string of attempted purchases where the cashier could not read my signature on the back of the the credit card and uh, would say, I can't read what these words are. So we unfortunately can't let you buy anything with it. And yeah. it was like, oh, that's pretty uh, pretty wild. So, but I mean, it's all it's all messed up. They have like the Hanco system where you get like a stamp. And all you have to do is go into a store and tell a guy, I want a stamp that has my name on it. And they don't ask to see your ID or anything.
0: Yeah, it's all over the place. And I
3: asked the guy when I got mine to open my bank account so that I could get paid by one of my jobs. Uh, I was like do you need to see my driver's license or my credit card or my passport or my hygiene card in order to, uh to give me one of these? And he goes, no. And I'm like, why not? And he's like, I don't know. It's, it's not our policy. And I'm like, okay.
1: So it's all of these established systems that keep purchases more physical.
3: Well, I don't know if that's exactly it. Uh, my theory is actually well, completely in a different direction, which is that in my experience, that
0: was just one little uh, aspect of it, which would, which is that, like, buying stuff online on the digital store is, is
3: less... It's a solid theory, yeah. Yeah, but just but one it's, uh, my, my theory in Japan, uh, it based on my experience, like, hanging out with, uh, again, not exactly normal people, but uh, video game industry people in Japan, was that uh, people who like media, just, they like to own it. They like to buy it uh, physically. A lot of people just don't like media, and instead... And you'll notice this, uh, someone gets uh, gets kind of some shade thrown at them by their fellow video game developers when they start to become more of a guy who likes to wear nice clothes and go on dates to nice restaurants and goes to see movies instead of being a guy who lines up for the new Gundam or whatever, right? So it's uh, there's that. And there's also, I think the number one reason that uh, physical is more popular in Japan is... Uh, at least in my experience, all the years of experience I had, the media is just too, really expensive. If you wanted to buy the director's cut of Hard Target on Blu-ray in Japan, it was like $98, yeah. right? Yeah. If you wanted to buy the Departed on Blu-ray in the year 2008, it was like $88, right? These things were just never cheap. And uh, the pri- they kind of kept those prices at around that height, uh, height? Uh, like a, I mean, a little known fact. Everybody knows Dragon Quest games get released on Saturdays in mm-hmm. Japan, um, and there's a lot of urban myths surrounding that. but forget about those for a second and instead focus on the fact that Dragon Quest games almost always retail for $100 dollars in Japan almost yeah. always, right? So if you got to pay a hundred bucks, don't you kind of want a thing right? Uh, right? Yeah, I get it. And I think that is what has kept it going. Uh in it has kept physical media king in Japan, whereas in America we do have lower prices on games in general, which makes them feel more disposable, yeah, and then people love the convenience, and I'll admit I love the convenience. I've got a Nintendo switch with a one terabyte s d card that's completely filled with video games, and I love it. but now that you know the precedent, the whispered about precedent has happened, you know people theorizing for years one of these days these guys are going to start just taking the stuff you know and then you got hbo deleting things from their yeah. streaming service you know now that stuff like that's happening kind of want it physical yeah but also that's why the physical is being phased out is so that mm-hmm. the rights holders can have that control right that's that's got to be I it i suppose so yeah
2: i i want to get away from japan for a second and go back to
3: Oh, I was back in America firmly, so yeah, that's that's true.
2: Sorry, I I,
3: I apologize. That's that's fine. Um, That's fine.
2: But uh, you know, I actually think that um, in the world of video games, there was sort of this last gasp effort to vote with dollars for the idea of physical media over the last like five years. Yeah, Yeah. I've seen it. You mean like things like Limited Run, and with like all these collector's editions that are happening. Like I. I suspect, I don't have evidence for this, but I suspect that a lot of people were buying physical games so that there would continue to be physical games. And I Mm. think they did that for a few years until they realized they weren't actually playing any of these games that they were buying. Um, And I think that 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 trend is dying down of, of, of a game not being real unless it's physical for people.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and another one along along with that, the speculator market oh, yeah. of people who are buying it because it'll be worth something later. That's also kind of dying down. Yeah, yeah.
2: these are like, Collector's Edition Barbies or whatever, but they're video games, right? And it's like, well, if it's called Collector's Edition, it's probably not collectible. Collecting (laughs) media
1: and consuming media
2: are two different hobbies. And Brandon, I mean, you and I go to video game stores when we travel Uh and stuff like that. And it's like, you can always kind of tell what kind of game store it is by whether they have a glass case full of unsold limited run inventory.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw (laughs) someone just sent me a photo uh, or put it in the forums. Saying uh, that Hyper Gunsport was in a store and they could buy people copies if they couldn't find them, and uh, and I looked at it and the price was sixty dollars. It was sold for forty, yeah. And the price in the store was sixty dollars, and I'm like, no one's gonna, no one's gonna pay you sixty dollars <laughs> for my video game. You should pay me sixty dollars. Right? They bought it for forty dollars and put a sixty dollar. price And they're like it. hoping to flip it for more somehow. Yeah. Like, come on, it's not gonna happen.
3: I used to know uh, more than one person who just bought every collector's edition of every video game that came out mm-hmm. I game do GameStop. And then I moved to New York City, and now I know zero people who buy physical <laughs> video games except me, and I only get physical video games so I can photograph them with my beautiful Sony a7S three. On my shelf.
1: Like I said, different
3: hobby. And then uh, I put them in my storage unit promptly once the photography has ceased.
2: Anyway, like I don't know anyone in my life who is like a normal person and
0: buys physical media anymore.
3: Oh, yeah. 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 I mean,
0: maybe maybe there's some old people. Maybe.
2: There's my dad. Maybe.
0: But I don't know any.
2: Uh, ever, ever, everyone I know, like in my family and my wife's family and stuff like that, they just subscribe to video services. Why would you buy yeah. it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even her parents used to have Redbox, but they just have Netflix now and they don't need Redbox.
1: My dad still gets all the Grateful Dead CDs they put out of like old recorded oh, Nice.
0: I sometimes go into a game store and there'll be like a dad or a mom with a child.
3: Buying Assassin's Creed 2 on Xbox 360. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Something well, like on the Xbox 360. The, but they will be, like wanting to... They will remember that the experience of getting the game that you need is go to the game store and purchase a disc. So yeah. There's still a few people doing that. But every time I see that now, I'm like, whoa, I remember this.
2: So I... I, I work in the same building still as Digital Eclipse and I, I used to work there I think most listeners know that and um there is a small group of people here who every Wednesday go to the comic book store because it's a ritual mm. and like mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. buy a new comic that came out on Wednesday but like even that I just feel like it's just a ritual at yeah. this point mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. Jaffe you could probably speak to this even more but like you know it's the the cost benefit analysis is is not in the favor of of loose physical things that you go to the store to buy on Wednesday. You know, five dollars for a comic book. It's oh, insane. yeah. I've
1: been anticipating the death of the floppy for my entire comic buying life.
0: Yeah. And people have been talking
2: about it. I think it's the same with anyone who's buying physical media at this point. They're either just, you know, so old they don't want to learn how to stream things. Yeah. Uh, or which is funny. Or it's just a ritual. And it is funny because it's so much easier to just. Like my, my parents have
3: so many Walmart DVDs in the shrink wrap on their enormous, insane, horrifying thing that surrounds their TV. Like they have just some some horrifying looking things surrounding their tiny TV that is completely just like the the boards are like bending because there are so many Walmart dvds and the shrink wrap stacked on oh, that's top that's hard because they don't weigh very much yeah i know it's weird well i mean you don't know what kind of wood they're buying over there right? that's that walmart <laughs> wood yeah they're buying that walmart <laughs> furniture wood and it's just like i'm just like dad you know there's this thing called netflix and he's like oh yeah we're logged into your brother's account we don't we don't use that and i'm like well why not and he's just like, I don't know. And I'm like, I'm, well, you, I'm like actively you can't share
0: anymore anyway. So uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, they, they finally killed it.
3: Let me go ahead and say, you actually can. If the brother you're talking about is, is uh, there's, there's two brothers that I have mm-hmm. and uh, one of them you couldn't share a Netflix account with. And, the other, and the other one you could, if you know what I mean.
0: I do know what you mean.
3: Yeah. It's because he's there all the time. He yeah. hangs out yeah. there all yeah, the time. Right. There. So he's, uh, he's just, just always there. there. So he's there with his, with his baby boy. Who's not a baby anymore? All right. And, We're way past time. Okay, yeah, let's go. Let's go.
1: I have a broader video game concept question here. Does the element of gameplay have to be the starting principle of a good video game? Can we categorize the viable alternative?
0: I think vibes is totally an okay place to start mm-hmm. yeah. for a video game. I think it's I think it's fine because I at least for me, because I will forgive mechanical flaws, I will forgive a lot of things if I like the vibes, and I feel like this is a place that I can hang out. Um, as long as they don't yeah. interrupt that too much, that's an okay place to start.
3: I, I will say that I've seen over the last ten years, I've seen a lot of indie games that seem to have been designed, starting from what Brandon just described, but kind of kind of misinterpreting what Brandon just described as yeah. gameplay sucks who cares mm. right and that's not right either no it's very opinion. easy to
0: mess up what I was just talking about
3: yeah it's uh you don't you don't have to make the gameplay bad on purpose <laughs> and you don't have to make it bad on accident either I don't know you can make the game it's okay if there's if there's some nice gameplay mm-hmm. for me it's nice if there's some nice gameplay I can uh, hang out with something that doesn't have super nice gameplay. Like uh, Boku no Natsuyasumi, I think the gameplay is largely inert in that game. Move a guy around and uh, interact with an object, right? But, you know, the vibes are, uh, as they say, off the charts, right? So, why not?
0: Yeah, and uh, talk about inert gameplay. Visual novels are hit a button, uh, maybe hit two buttons if you have to make a choice.
3: Yeah, well, well the choices are the gameplay there.
0: They they are, but uh, sometimes the choices are inconsequential and it still works. So I think um, to my mind, that means a story and concept together can be a place to start from rather than a mechanical standpoint.
1: Mm-hmm. Are there other places you could start a game? Like you have a cool soundtrack and you want to make a game that fits this soundtrack.
3: Uh, you know, anything is possible, right? Anything is possible. You can make a beautiful video game just because you heard a song And you want to make a video game that deserves that song, right? Obviously, anything is possible. But I think starting with a soundtrack is, if not not necessarily, you know, maybe recipe for disaster is putting it a little harshly. But uh, there's a higher probability of, again, it all comes down to you can start from something and then you can figure the rest out, right? But uh, I don't know. You see a lot of, I'm not naming any names here. But over the past 10 years or so I've seen on social medias Twitter particularly a, a screenshot Saturday mm-hmm. GIF, gif where a person's like, I'm working here's a work in progress and it gets thousands of retweets and thousands of likes. And then uh, I've seen people's whole lives turned into rat tunnels based on one gif that got popular. Uh, you know they're, they're now sweating bullets for six, seven, eight years gotta make a video game that deserves this, uh, this little gif I made. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, I like to tell, uh, to tell the people who ask me for advice about stuff, uh, which is, you know, I don't know why they keep doing that, but apparently they enjoy it. It's nice to have one of those viral gifs or, or viral gifs. If you prefer to pronounce it that way, it's nice to have one of those. Yeah. And that's all I can really think of to say about it. It's nice to have one. But, uh,
0: I definitely know someone who got publishing deal, big money. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, significant publishing deal because of it wasn't the because of, of their gif. The it wasn't just the gif. It was that the gif was hot, and then a, a TikTok person of some renown made uh, a a video surrounding that gif being interesting, and then it w- And then we were talking into the like yeah. millions of
3: that views. that bubble's gonna go like heck and nuclear at some point. Yeah. The whole uh, TikTok influencer picked up my GIF, and now uh, Devolver, a company valued at X billion dollars, is uh, talking about injecting me and my bros with 11 million or whatever. Right? It's like I don't know, man. I think uh, I think uh, you know. There's a lot of unprovenness to the uh, the 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 TikTok influencer economy, right? I don't know. I don't think this is anything controversial to say. No, but I do think starting from a cool GIF is something people. Have done before, right? And I think that's not as good as, uh, I think if it comes down to it, starting with gameplay that emerges into something that creates a cool GIF, that's good, right? Mm-hmm. But seeing a cool GIF on Twitter and being like, I'm gonna make a cool GIF like that and making your own cool GIF and then making a video game out of that, maybe that's not good. Is this nonsense? Yes. But, uh, you know,
0: Yeah, I think another interesting, actually maybe it's the opposite of interesting, but a good approach, I'm just going to plus one this for for 30 seconds, is the team that made Unsighted. That game's cool. Yeah, it is cool. They decided to do Breath of the Wild looking kind of jump and run and slice and glide game. And they started from let's do those kinds of mechanics and then they showed some progress videos and some gifs of that, all of which became very popular.
3: I like those kinds of gifs a lot. Yeah.
0: and so now it like you look at the game with the gif, and you're like, "I know what that is. That looks pretty good." And then after that, they can choose what interesting stuff they're going to do with it. And I know they will because they're because was was cool, but they they started with the standpoint of let's start with game feel you can see. Oh <laughs> like yeah, you, and uh, and that's an interesting and viable place to start a from a game as well, that looks
3: like it feels good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love to see gray box GIFs of people prototyping game mechanics. I think that's really fun for me.
1: Definitely. Okay, this is our first recording session in January, which means it's time for a return to the Public Domain Adaptation Game.
3: Uh-huh. Now, this year's
1: a big one. Nicholas. So I'm going to give you two options. We can do Mickey Mouse, or we can do Lady Chatterley's Lover.
3: Well, uh, it's worth talking about Mickey Mouse for a minute, yeah. which is just to say man that sucks like i've seen like the, the mickey mouse horror movie
1: oh yeah see my that? one stipulation is it can't be horror
3: well no yeah there's a, i don't know every tweet i've read about it every social media whisper i've read about what kind of a crazy mickey mouse thing could you make bro makes me just want to throw up all over myself yeah get a god darn grip get a god darn clue Meanwhile, Lady Chatterley's Lover, but written by the inimitable D.H. Lawrence, one of my favorite writers, uh, could very easily make a video game out of that. That would be good. I don't know nothing about it, though, but I've seen Steamboat Willie, so. Steamboat Willie steam blows. (laughs) I've seen Steamboat Willie in 4K on the Disney Plus channel. Yeah. Have you seen that? I have. That's mine. That's my cartoon. You like it? I I own that. Oh, very good property.
2: yeah wow yeah i'm with you like i i think there was a winnie the pooh horror
3: movie so we're done uh-huh, yeah we're done yeah so that they they killed it they killed it yep yeah yep no more fun for anybody with any of that stuff i don't know
2: like i i mean should we talk about it as a concept that are like i like i think people much more uh uh educated than us have, have probably spoken about public domain uh better than we could but man is it nice to feel like there is a tiny victory here in this sort of hopeless fight to
3: own our culture again (laughs) yeah mickey mouse is a big one i guess right
2: but it's like it's time finally came right like we're still decades away from anything else people would care about yeah you know there's other old cartoon characters or whatever but like public domain things just been a mess for a long time let's make a mickey mouse game right i don't know if we're allowed to have mickey in color because uh, the stipulation here is that Mickey Mouse, as he exists in Steamboat Willie, right, yeah. um, is is the Sherlock Holmes problem, right? Like we, yeah. we cannot have any aspects or additional characters outside of what's in Steamboat Willie. Well, so we have- there
1: were color posters advertising Mickey Mouse in Steamboat Willie at the time. Okay, so uh, I think we can use the color. Oh
3: baby!
0: I just have a little aside here, which is that uh, for our fictitious game, I'm not sure whether we should or should not. Hire Will Specter, Warren
3: Specter. Oh, sorry, Warren
0: Spector. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was like, "Oh, is this some Disney guy? Who is this?" <laughs>
0: oh, wait, can, can we? What about Phil Specter, though? It's, a, can we it's, get a, that it's a combination of Will Wright and Warren Specter. Is what it is. Yeah. Uh, that, just, well, Warren just had a being, shot, dude.
2: Warren spent too much money, we're we're, we're on the cheap here. Yeah. yeah,
0: I I just wonder if if Warren Specter is already like, what could I do? He loves Disney oh, so he... much.
3: What makes you think Warren Spector would be expensive in 2024, uh, Frank Cifaldi? Uh
2: Because he has money already.
3: He'd probably do yeah. it for fun.
2: Nah, he'd already be shipping games if he wanted to just make games for fun. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, you know, let's start with the opposite of Epic Mickey. Is it Minimal Mickey? Like, what, what are we calling it? Minimal Mickey is a pretty good name. Tiny Mickey. Tiny. I like minimal Mickey because the alliteration. Minimal, Mouse. minimal Mickey.
1: I mean, we also have the rights to Minnie Mouse. She's in. Steam we do. Bo- we have
2: Willy. Mickey Mouse. We have Minnie Mouse, and we have whatever the villain
3: is. We have all the animals that he abused. Yeah, yeah Steamboat Willie as a cartoon is pretty pretty weird. Horrifying. Yeah, it's pretty grim. It's
2: horrifying. Was Brandon? When's the last time you watched
3: it? I
0: feel like I've watched it, but realistically, what I've seen is references to it, or Got like it. the one scene where he's whistling at the at the. Um, yeah. At
3: the goddamn boat steering wheel that I forget mm. what you call
0: it. What do you call that? The helm? The, at the helm, yeah.
3: Sure. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there's there's a high likelihood that you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, not. Not for a long time. He
2: just uh, he just like uses animals to make music sounds, and that's basically the plot. If you, if you yeah. have mm-hmm.
3: Disney Plus or know someone who does, it's on there, and you can watch it. Well, yeah, it's on YouTube. It's on everywhere now. Nobody it's can take it down. No, that's true. Yeah, but I mean, you can watch the really nice... 4k restoration of it on disney plus we'll check it out it, it looks very it's seven minutes long
2: it's not as good as skeleton dance which no. i don't know if that's public domain it's yet.
1: not UbiWorks' best work
3: i don't think no. it is if skeleton dance is in the
0: public domain i know what my next game is
3: yeah. <laughs> you know i would actually say if you want to hang out with something cool some of these really old disney things are, are pretty are, mm-hmm. are pretty sick a lot of them are good yeah they're pre- they're pretty sick dude
1: is it Minimal Mickey or is
3: it Vania? Ooh. Uh, I, I
1: think Castle of Illusion is kind of the way to go.
3: I
0: would play Mickeyvania, I think. Uh, that Yeah, I think Mickeyvania. If we're talking about what would get me to play a Mickey Mouse game, I think Mickeyvania mm-hmm. is probably... Yeah, I is. mean,
3: especially if you make it black and white with, like, yeah. splashes of color, it'll just remind a lot of people of Hollow Knight. I was
2: going to say, like, Hollow Knight is what's in my head. Like, Hollow Knight but Mickey is what's in my head. Yeah, right
3: yeah. And, and it all takes place in the steamboat where uh, you uh, you go inside the boat you start out whistling mm-hmm. and then you go inside the boat and the boat's just enormous the inside but boat it's
0: boat is cavernous yeah, yeah and there's a lot of so, zones in there there's the boiler room there's the part yeah. that's flooding there's uh
2: well and if you need more room cuz it's just like no steamboat can be this big yeah. i always liked the idea when when i was sort of half designing a a, a, a blankvania game of just shrink the character and have him go
0: inside someone's body there's more room in there now
2: yeah, sure.
3: go inside yeah. his big rival guy's body.
0: You could have Steamboat William on the Titanic. Too. Go
3: inside Minnie's body. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, sure. All these big cartoon guts in there. Tim, I don't know if you remember there were Use Your Own Adventure
2: Nintendo books with like Super Mario. Oh, I remember those. Uh, yeah, yeah. Brandon's nodding, too. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't remember any of them, really, but there was one that stuck with me. I think the plot was that it was Yoshi's birthday and Mario ends up shrinking and going inside of Yoshi. Inside of Yoshi in this book, and I don't know if this is canon anywhere else, is a race of intelligent dolphins who can speak, who have established an entire society inside of Yoshi's body and don't understand that there's a world outside
3: of it. Yeah, that owns. sounds like a Rick and Morty episode past a certain point. Pretty
0: good. I was having um, a good time doing that. So
3: there is a society inside of Minnie's body of of
0: something. Um, Yeah. Little creatures that you have to hit to make noises.
3: What if it's uh, like a a Metroidvania with like a, a second Metroidvania nested inside of it, right? Inside of Minnie, yeah. Yeah, well, so you have to go inside Minnie and there's stuff that's gated progression gated, and then you have to go back out into the steamboat world to uh, right? use the use the item that you got in the mini world.
1: Yeah. And yeah. you're just
3: going back and forth. A simple structure. Execution is key here.
2: Yeah, maybe he maybe there's other
0: characters. He can go inside the CAD. He,
2: like, yeah. It's
3: it's a game world where sp- peg-leg Pete. Peg-leg Pete. You go inside peg-leg <laughs> yeah, Pete. I would <laughs> also say that
0: all these Vanias these days have warp areas. And the way that you do warp areas in this is that uh, you you compel Minnie to walk to a different part of the boat uh, while you're inside of Minnie.
1: That's how it's it you warp to another, another zone. Yeah, I
3: guess she can do that. But I mean, why couldn't Mickey just do that by himself?
1: <laughs> I'm going to suggest that in this game we reverse the roles and control Minnie and you go inside Mickey because Minnie's name already implies that she can get really small. Oh, so it's Minnie yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Minnie Mouseylvania. Uh,
1: that's our game. Uh, we'll be right back after a quick break.
2: I'm remembering where my shrinking idea thing came from. It was that super Sherlock Holmes concept. Oh, yeah. Uh, There was an area you couldn't get past, but like there was clearly like more stuff on the other side, just an (laughs) impassable thing. Like elsewhere in in the game, um, Watson, who was literally Oliver Hardy in this game, just black and white, Laurel and Hardy. You had to shrink yourself and like jump in his cereal bowl so that he would eat you. <laughs> and then when you came out of him, somehow he had gotten himself over there. And like, there's no explanation for why.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's very adventure gamey thinking. Obtuse.
2: Well, I think that came from Batman Arkham Asylum, where yeah. there's this part on the map that you cannot, there's literally no way to get into the bell tower yeah but during a scarecrow hallucination he goes wild and just beats the crap out of like a million guys and when he wakes up from this hallucination he's in a place that you literally can't get into somehow (laughs) i I loved i loved that that was (laughs) such a good moment he rampaged so hard that he like got into a place that you literally can't get into (laughs) yeah he got out the map Oh
1: my god! Yeah, he, he just—he—he
2: can- he rampaged so hard he clipped into the bell tower.
1: <laughs> he just Naruto ran <laughs> straight up <Arkham> Asylum. <laughs> Welcome back to Insert Credit. It's time to go to the dirt bag. This is the point of every episode where I go to one of the questions submitted to us at patreoncom credit, where you get the opportunity for mere dollars a month to submit your own questions, listen to bonus episodes, etc. This week's question comes from Catherine, who asks, I've been playing Super Mario 64 recently with the rule of getting one star every day, no more and no less. It's been rewarding to see my star count grow day by day, and it makes me curious what other games I could apply limitations like this with.
3: That's interesting. I mean, uh, one of the the great hypothetical examples is uh, in the old school Japanese role playing games that uh, don't require but encourage a little bit of grinding to just turn the game off if you have to stay at an inn.
1: Uh yes, I do that all the time.
3: Whenever they tell you you can turn the power off now or whatever, be like, okay. And then you take that as a command to turn the power off and only play one in game day per day. But uh, I, I often had that concept in my youth and uh, kind of uh, got very quickly removed from it. And it 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 just mutated in my mind to uh and from end the game when your party has to go to bed um it kind of it, it mutated to be before you turn the game off just make your party be in and in yes right? which means you can just play all that you want as long as you end the game in a hotel it's fine super highlight is
0: a real good one for for that. Day cycle because it it has one and you do have yeah. to go to bed at the end of a day so that's that's one where it if you want the constraint to be uh, chosen um, then that'll that'll work pretty well.
3: I feel like uh, you know some of them Dragon Quests with the day night cycles uh, you could also kind of treat that as a thing. They don't really uh, they don't force you to go to bed, but uh, I feel like any game where they where your character goes to bed, dude, it's cool. I don't do this too much anymore, but I had a
2: brief time where. I wanted to try to get good at, at, at a more like arcade-style old game. Um, it's something I've talked about on the show before. It's Hero for the 2600 game I like yeah, a lot. Yeah. And, and that was just a morning routine. It was like between breakfast and shower play like three rounds of this game and like there's something kind of fulfilling about that ritual. I don't know if that's exactly answering this question because I think it's the spirit of this question is more about savoring a game, I think. Yeah. I guess that's the same thing. If
3: you assume that like one seeing a game, getting through a whole game
2: Yeah I was just gonna say is,
3: uh, is how to beat it. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. that's the goal, then uh yeah if you wanted to uh to to punch your pitch up a little bit, Frank, you'd be like Assuming one play is twenty five cents, I spend one dollar per day on this yeah, game. I like right. That. Ooh, right. Go. So I, I get I get four coins on this game and then I have to stop. Uh I like that. You try to give yourself like uh suburban nineteen nineties kid allowance money uh mm-hmm. like parameters on an arcade game. The Mr. lends itself really well to yeah. developing little habits like that. Well which is what I was using, yeah.
0: Someone on uh, some social media thing was trying to go through the the Shenmue games chronologically, such that they ended where they were supposed to. In terms of like Christmas Eve mm. is an event in the game. Oh have, yeah, yeah. Having the days end on the days that, and that's that's an interesting exercise as well. It got boring for some of the days where you had to mostly skip or just. Hang around, but but being boring is, I think, part of it.
3: So. Yeah, I, I think there's actually like some video games that. Uh, so I've I've noticed in the past couple of years, uh, the hype being such a big factor in video games in general. Like, yeah. I noticed a lot of people who had been huge, huge fans of From Software games getting ultra, mega, hyper, super burned out on Elden Ring because Elden Ring has like uh, I'm ballparking here. This is an estimate. It has something like 48,000 bosses in the last couple hours, right? Where you're expected to just kind of steamroll through an enormous like Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade like chain of bosses, right? And uh uh I noticed a lot of people getting burned out and I thought, "Oh, I feel like that's a game that and I, I like time has sort of vindicated this theory a little bit. That's the sort of game where the more time passes, the more highly I hear people speak of it, because right around the time it came out, people were just trying to, they were trying to just binge eat it, right? And I think that didn't, uh, you're supposed to let that that sort of game, Elden Ring of all games, I think you're supposed to let it breathe a little bit more than even other From Software games. So I feel like I noticed a similar souring on the game Persona 5 when it first came out. I noticed a lot of people being like, I'm not enjoying it as much as my beloved Persona 4, which I played all these years ago before it was popular, right? Which uh, they weren't hyped up about. And it's like, uh, I feel like a lot of people played Persona 5 a little too fast. Persona 5 did have a couple issues, whatever. It's not as good as Persona 2. Real excited about that Persona 3. But... That's a game that's like just begging you to play one in-game day per day. I want to
1: talk about Persona 3. The game came out in 2006. FES came out in 2008. The game takes place in 2009. Uh And I specifically waited for when the calendar in the game would sync up with real life. So I played through Persona 3 in real time. And it was the coolest thing.
3: Those games are like begging you to do that. Right. Yeah. I feel like Persona 5 in particular is like begging you to play it that way. It's like begging you to just play one in-game day per day. Sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes it's like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. And you just you get what you get. Right? right. You set aside a little like TV viewing time to play your persona. I feel like if anyone out there. It's I've even longer said,
1: on the weekends. It accounts for yeah. the fact that like you're going to have more time on the weekends.
3: Yeah, it's, it's very smartly constructed. And I feel like in trying to binge eat those games, you lose a bit of what I think is the actual designerly intent. You know, I've been saying this for years. People attribute this to me, but I heard it from several other people. Dragon Quest, I, I knew so many people in Japan who would buy the new Dragon Quest after having waited several years playing no video games outside Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest 8 comes out. They're like, oh, I just got Dragon Quest 8. I've been playing it every night before bed after I take a bath, right? And it's like, it's so many people just saying this as though it's the most normal thing in the world to play Dragon Quest after taking a bath and before going to bed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel like Persona's made by people who understand that a little more explicitly. Like, they've they've cracked out all the design math that, that supports why a person would want to play Dragon Quest that way. And I feel like if you've never played a Persona, there's... That new Persona 3 Reload coming out Mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. And if you've never played any Persona at all, why not be the one weirdo on social media who's buying that game and playing it just one in-game day per day? Give it a shot. I highly recommend it, having done it myself. It's a really good one, too, as far as the Persona games go. Yep, I
0: like
1: it. Next question. Following the acclaim of Pokemon Concierge, What should be the next video game show set in the world of the game, but not about the game itself?
3: I I mean, I really think it all just comes down to make a good TV show, right? Yeah. I mean, just make a good TV show. And uh, if you can uh, uh, tangentially connect it to an intellectual property, then you get the money to, I don't know, make it. So this
2: is the the gameplay first approach to video game game shows.
3: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Make a good TV show. I'll admit I don't really know much about Pokemon concierge outside of the elevator pitch. Uh,
1: yeah, Pokemon concierge is. Imagine if White Lotus was about making Pokemon happy. Your job at this like kind of Pokemon hotel is to like kind of pamper and fulfill the needs and desires of Pokemon. Like P- there's Pika. a Pikachu that needs to get over social anxiety, etc. Uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera.
0: Uh, so we're teaching uh, children. Um, basic lessons like we always like to do.
1: Oh, yeah. Is the
0: thing. Yeah, you could do that with any really popular thing that has a lot of characters in it, Then there's just all kinds of stuff you could do. Yeah. Yep.
3: I mean, all you got to do is just make up some characters and then say it takes place in the world of blank and everyone's going to be excited. But I guess the Pokemon Concierge has the art style and the actual Pokemons, right?
0: I think if you wanted to make a real good, hard, cool hard-boiled show, you could make a Yakuza show that was more along the lines of Battles Without Honor and Humanity, and uh, people's minds would be blown out of their skulls. You just bring it back to what the original influence of the game even was, and you probably ignore all the goofy stuff.
3: I mean, I think Yakuza is like half Battles Without Honor and Humanity and half Ikebukuro Westgate Park, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying, Carl. I'm saying
0: you could you could pull you could pull it back to to one of those kinds of influences, and then uh, uh, I think people wouldn't be super aware of those influences anyway, and it would blow their minds.
3: So, seeing as all that I know about Pokemon Concierge is that the theme song is by Mario Takeuchi, that's all that I know about it, and that yeah. well, and that it's like a CG looking stop motion looking CG thing. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, and it's uh, yeah. it's on Netflix. That's all I know. Uh, But uh, the first factoid brought to my attention was that it has theme music by Maria Takeuchi, which is... uh,
0: YouTube made that happen. It's wild.
3: Yeah, yeah. It kind of shows you uh, where YouTube is and also where my particular, you know, view of the world is focused, I guess, is that if that's the first thing I've seen someone say about it.
0: That was also the first thing I heard about it. uh, Yeah, incredible. Yeah, this is surprising.
3: Well, I mean, you'd want a video game... That has, uh, I don't know, Pokemon is just the world, Mm -hmm. right? It's just just Earth, except it has Pokemon in it. You know what? I'm going to throw a curveball here, and I'm going to say, I think HBO has the opportunity with The Last of Us Season 2 to make a fresh story that fits between The Last of Us 1 and The Last of Us 2, the video games, Mm -hmm. instead of straight up adapting The Last of Us 2. With video game. None of
1: the characters just set in a different part. Of yeah, the
3: world. yeah. I feel like they have uh, they have the opportunity to do something right. much more meaningful, like The Walking Dead does, but good. Yeah, or I mean, good is a subjective word. Yeah. but uh, yeah, something like that. I think that's a good one. I mean, give me uh,
0: a give me a, a a Forza initial D. Uh, I'd I'd watch. Oh something yeah, just like that.
3: make a car make
0: a car and then have characters around it and they have to do races and but it's all cliffhangery, and how's he gonna bust out his technique kind of stuff i i i mean like
1: it, it's this is basically, more of an adaptation though than kind of the pokemon concierge thing i'm talking about which just uh, a, approaching it at a perpendicular angle but
0: well, i think it's perpendicular because forza doesn't have characters but yeah. like, if you were I mean, making
1: a Need for Speed movie, I guess it's still
0: just about cars. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Okay. What
2: What if we gave kids uh, pickaxes and we sent them into abandoned mines and yeah. we told them it was Minecraft?
1: <laughs> Minecraft, the reality show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Minecraft's I'm into this. Games. Yes. Oh, watch out for everyone's
0: name Steve. Steve one, Steve Two. <laughs> oh,
2: Steve. Yeah, they're only kids named Steve. That's yeah. Right.
0: That's it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: they they check.
0: <laughs> and then you uh send feral hogs in and there. there's no
2: rules in the in yeah. the spirit of Minecraft.
0: Right. Right? Like you just give him pickaxe and just
2: like go. Just Let him go, go in
3: this abandoned mine. And then you know, you you'd get about two episodes in before literally all of them were dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Like literally all of them. And then you've got to fill the rest of the season.
1: Oh, you keep building. And it
3: just kind of I mean it would be kind of a twist between uh between you know Minecraft and the popular show popular on Netflix show Old Enough yeah. in mm. which uh Japanese toddlers are sent into the <laughs> into their local city to oh, accomplish man. an errand for their mommy and uh they're filmed by numerous spy cameras, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. So there's spy
2: camera guys in the mines yeah, that are yeah. just you're supposed to ignore them. Yeah.
3: That are just filming the the horrifying, grisly, <laughs> like, you know, capital criminal deaths yeah. of these children. And then the last eight episodes can be the trial. Of you, Frank Cifaldi,
1: and (laughs) then
3: then the lethal injection is episode 10. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like 55 minutes of Frank just openly weeping.
1: (laughs) The show with the concept built in that you're going to jail. I think
0: this would be popular.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) I mean,
0: yes,
3: Squid Games is real popular, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. And, and the name of the show would be like the Minecraft reality TV criminal chronicles <laughs> or whatever, like a whole bunch of words yeah. on there.
1: Crafting a criminal.
3: A, a name that would yeah. be really cool in Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. yeah something like crafting a criminal. There, there it is.
1: We got it. It's time for a lightning round. This week, we are playing a game that I'm calling The Time is Right. The Time. Yeah. I'm going to name a video game. And you have to guess what the average main story completion time for the game is. On well, howlongtobeat.com.
3: How long beat nice. Correct. Just, yeah.
1: Whoever's closest to the estimate mm-hmm. for the game in question wins the point. Whoever gets the most points at the end of the round wins the episode. Whoever wins the episode has to come up with a question for next week.
0: Closest without going over or can we go over? No, so? you can go over. All right. All right excellent very good this is this is handy for me because i i maybe all of us do i i look up how long to beat every time i start a, a video game oh yeah because <laughs> i want to know do i want to finish uh, this my
1: xbox app literally has how long to beat integrated into it uh, before oh, you right. download a game
0: yeah tough with a game like uh, Baldur's gate 3 or something where yeah. it's just like beating it there's beating it and then there's uh, ridiculous people
1: right there's uh there's usually three listed times there's main story yeah main story plus which is that plus the side quests most people will do and then there's there's completion which is a ridiculous number that if you're getting to that why are you even looking at how long to be maybe if you're the type of person where big numbers appeal to you
3: yeah big numbers while i was taking a leak just now i was thinking a little bit more about uh uh crafting a criminal uh the the minecraft uh (laughs) uh reality tv show criminal court case chronicles or whatever and i was imagining that episode six frank safaldi's <laughs> legal team tries to implicate notch
1: <laughs> to get notch
3: executed it's like they're like look frank you're gonna die all right
1: ah you can at least
3: take it with you Maybe we can bring somebody with you to the afterlife and frank goes who you got in
0: mind I start wishing for the, uh, not with rooting for the, uh, for the evil team of lawyers. Cause we're like, Oh, they got a good idea here.
3: Uh, who do you, Frank goes, who do you got in mind? And they go take a guess, kid. And he slides over a photograph. No, no, no. They, of no, he,
2: no, no, no. He, um, he doesn't say take a guess. He flips like, like a coin with his thumb, you know, like this. He, yeah. he flips like a, a, a piece of starburst at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, if I just know it's the candy room. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Oh god, oh, I can
1: see this show already.
2: When yeah, when I catch it, it like cuts to him in the candy room, just like file footage of him, him in his candy room in his McMansion.
1: Get it's, at us, Netflix.
0: I guess right, not a yeah. McMansion if it's it's a it's a man mansion. It's so. it's
3: y enough. Yeah. It's a mine mansion. Anyway, let's let's get back to the show.
1: Your first game is. Half-life 2.
3: Half-life 2. 9 hours. I'm going to go 8. I'm oh, sorry, ready? I meant to I meant to say 10.
2: I was one, one I was going to say go one away, but 10, Oh, right? right. uh,
3: okay.
0: I'll say 8. Uh
1: Frank gets the point. It's 13 hours.
3: Okay. My
0: first instinct was
3: 15. I just always assume everybody on how long to beat like under reports their hours. Mm. Yeah, that's kind hard. of like, <laughs> kind of like a, any online recipe it takes five minutes
1: that's part of the game here yeah you got to anticipate the how long to beat people uh your second game is elden ring
0: oh elden ring uh 45 wait no that's that's that's, i'm gonna say 38. i'm gonna say 45.
1: i'm gonna say 42. brandon is closest it's 58.5 wow
3: nice yeah you know surprising that's a lot i i knew that number off the top of my head because i i had just looked at it like a week ago and I just kind of thought that was the the completionist number, which I know is 100-some now. Yeah. I just kind of, yeah, I thought, uh, again, just assuming that people uh, under-report the hours. Your third game is Fallout New Vegas. FNV. Um, I'm going to go uh, 46.
0: 18. I'm going to say... Just throwing say, numbers out. I'm going to say 39.
1: Tim is slightly closer. It's 27.5 hours. Shoot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Super Meat Boy.
3: Super Meat Boy is one of those games that, who's the target demographic of Super Meat Boy is people who uh, complain that, oh, you can beat it in a half an hour if you get good enough at it.
0: Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say two hours. Eight. I'm going to go eight. I'm going to say four.
1: Frank is closest. It's 9.5 hours. Yeah, but you
3: can beat it in like a half an hour if you get enough.
1: (laughs) Super Mario 64. Wahoo!
0: Wahoo. I'm going to say 13 and a half hours. I'm going to
3: say it's just an even 20. Based on the previous question, I'm going to go 64 days. <laughs> yeah, 64 days. So uh, 20, 24 times 64.
2: I, I, I'm going to go, um, what, what
3: were the two guesses? Sorry, I was just like, I was
2: just locking and loading the joke and I wasn't listening.
3: <laughs> I said 20.
1: Yeah, Brandon said 13.5.
3: Which I know is, uh, no, it's, it's too yeah. much. I'm going to go 12.
1: It's exactly 12, Brandon gets the okay. point. Nice. I'm I, I'm tempted to give him an extra point for getting it on the dot, but I don't know. That's a bad person.
0: You can think about it later.
1: I'll think about it later. Uh, our next game is Cyberpunk 2077. 26.
3: I feel like, uh, you know, that's a game that's just, uh, I, I feel like the how long to beat number has, because I, I knew it off the top of my head when I did my video about it, but that number has just jumped around so much. It was 24 the last time i looked at and it and
0: there's more stuff in it now than there's there's
3: well to be. the phantom liberty is uh, is its own it's its, own, uh, thing. it's, it's okay. own something but then also post like version whatever point whatever the game got harder so i think the number changed but it was 24 last i looked and i know that's correct is that uh, your guess well i mean i i'm saying it's a, it's a guess it is my guess but i'm acknowledging that it was 100% correct at a point in time Uh, but it's probably not correct now i'm gonna say 35
1: okay frank and tim split the uprights it's 25 i'm gonna give you both half a point
3: all right wait frank said 26 yes oh that's funny yeah i did (laughs) yeah so i guess it's gone up uh exactly one hour i guess exactly Uh, one hour so that's what all of the patches and improvements have done uh they de-nerfed all of the the most insidious tricks that you could exploit to destroy the entire game uh it just like leveling up one skill. Yeah. And that basically just buys an hour of extra running time. <laughs> exactly. In the eyes of the howlongtobeat.com community. All right. Yep. I feel like if I were to play through that game again, it would take me twice as long uh, as it took. Also, if you're beelining the story of Cyberpunk 2077, just don't play it. Right. It's more fun to do this. The side stuff's amazing. Thank you. Persona 5 Royal. Oh, God. That's probably like 58 hours. Uh, 52. 25.
1: Tim is closest. It's 101 hours. Jesus, Lord.
3: <laughs> for story completion? Yes. Uh, I I beat it in like 30. I'm just kidding. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, those games are long. And again, this is a wonderful moment to stop and reflect. Uh, uh, I've seen Persona 5 in the last five years or so get a lot of hate for being too long just remember what we were talking about a few minutes earlier yeah, play a little bit every day yeah play a little bit every day and these games actually aren't that long yeah. you know they're they're and you're know.
1: gonna be out of persona long before the next persona comes out
3: yeah exactly bubsy 3d unless my intel is correct six hours
1: uh four and a half 12 hours tim got it exactly at six hours
3: kaboom I was actually considering playing through Bubsy 3D for a bonus feature at one point, and I looked up how long the how long mm-hmm. to beat was. So that's why I knew that. Sorry.
1: That's fine. It's fine to be prepared. Uh, Resident Evil 4.
3: No, oh, I also know this one off the top of my head, but I'll pretend I don't and say 10 hours. 12. Uh,
0: 14.
1: Well, Brandon is closest. It's 16 hours. I remember
3: it always being
0: a little longer than I thought. I can beat it in 12. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is our last one. I'll tell you the scores. Uh, Frank is at three and a half. Tim's at three and a half. Brandon is at two. Uh, so if Frank or Tim gets this, they win the game.
3: Otherwise, we have a tie on our hands. I'm going to try not to win the game. Let's see how that happens.
1: Last title is Boxing for the Atari 2600. Oh, man. Oh,
0: 30 how minutes. Do you,
1: well, how
0: do you complete that? Uh, I'm going to say two minutes.
2: Okay, um, I just have to think this through. I, completion must be beating the first AI opponent. It's probably it, I
0: beating the first. I, I bet it has like wave or cycle based stuff, so it's probably uh, uh, loops. Right. It's probably well, the first. I th- loop. no,
2: I, I don't think it does. I think Doesn't... it. I think it loops on a reset. I think you select difficulty and you reset. Um, uh... So I'm gonna say uh, 30 seconds. Wait, does does someone say that? I said uh, two minutes. No.
1: Uh, Brandon's at two minutes. 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, How Long to Beat lists it at five minutes. So Brandon is closest. Congratulations, Brandon.
3: (laughs) Now there's a tiebreaker one. I didn't know that uh, How Long to Beat let you list things under 30 minutes which is why i said 30 minutes i I thought i last i uh meaningfully engaged with the website i don't believe it was possible to list any time increment lower than 30
1: it's possible that five is the new lowest increment
3: yeah yeah that's interesting good for them yeah uh
1: so tim and frank you have tied this episode which means it's time for a tiebreaker between just the two of you
3: I was going to make a joke. They must have lowered it to five minutes so that uh, people can rank the new God of War DLC or whatever <laughs> when it comes out and say it's only five minutes of gameplay. Like, I it, I didn't cook the joke all the way, but it's fine. All right. That was something like that.
1: Okay. Your tie-breaking game is... Let me think of a good one.
0: I, I know a good one.
1: Uh, yeah, Brandon, you go ahead. What's the good one?
0: Uh, Bonk's Revenge, since I can't vote. Yeah,
1: there we go. <laughs> Bonk's Revenge. What's the how long to beat for Bonk's Revenge, you two? I don't know. Two hours. It's five hours. It's two hours. Tim, you're our winner. Ah. Congratulations.
0: Nice. <laughs>
1: two right.
3: hours is, a, I, I, if we can just pause for a moment and say two hours, is a, about the best length you can get for a video game.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, between two and six hours, I would say.
2: I also just do not believe that a first-time Bonk's Revenge player.
3: No. Nah.
2: Goes yeah. in there and just kills it in two hours. No, Unless no, you're the, a
3: guy who's played every Castlevania and every okay. uh, every NES platform game or whatever and beaten them all, and you're a professional Super Mario World speedrunner playing Bonk's Revenge for the first time, maybe.
0: Yeah, I think I think how long to beat is um, on these much older games is heavily weighted toward people who have played it a bunch. Because who else yeah. is going to be reporting playing Box Revenge? Yeah.
1: Anyone got some recommendatios? Whoa. oh that's right.
0: Recommendatio I got some yeah. Go for it but What are they? Oh yeah I had a little apology For um for people who know about religions because Oh here we go A while ago when I Yeah I've, I've got when, when I said that it was a Mormon
3: Mormons don't celebrate Christmas Who didn't celebrate mm-hmm. it, it was actually, it, <laughs> I remember it was, that. it was actually a Jehovah It
0: was That's a Jehovah. Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. Jehovah's Witness. So uh, sorry to people who know about that stuff
3: Yeah, yeah I remember that That was funny yeah.
0: Anyway <laughs> I
3: was I was like he definitely means Jehovah's Witnesses, but uh
0: yeah it, it's the thing is I got confused with the people uh, get
3: mad at me when I correct Brandon too much on this show so apparently <laughs> right. they're like I know you don't like Brandon but why do you have to keep correcting him so I'm like all right let's uh let let's, his wh- own <laughs> let's let him grave let's let him whip this one uh, anyway
0: um the next one is there's a game called the Taiyo Jigoku which is a simple series PlayStation 2 game about a whole bunch of whole, whole bunch, bunch of, of bugs
3: stuff yeah
0: being in your in in your zone and you play as a
3: tiny ogok
0: as a schoolgirl and uh-huh. um I found out recently that it has six total dialects five of which are unlockable you Ooh. start with with Tokyo Ooh. and then you get like Osaka and Kyoto and then uh Okinawa and uh-huh. Nagoya and uh that's pretty fun that's a fun so the, of course, they're all incredibly obnoxious because it's all just her sh- screaming and shrieking and saying "mom" uh, or whatever. Yeah. But that's a neat thing that I didn't know about, and maybe you didn't know about it. So uh, and, and check maybe that we're going
1: to talk about it in a future episode. Uh, so let's Tidio uh, Goku. Yeah. Is that on the list? Um, it's uh, it's something I had earmarked <laughs> to talk about this week, but we ran out of time. So mm. well, nice. Yeah. So we're we're gonna do that next time.
2: Wow, that's interesting kind of a quick one um i don't know if i like it and that's why i'm recommending it um there was an independently made uh links awakening sort of widescreen version links awakening hddx um uh you're gonna have to learn how to uh use the dark web at this point to find it um meaning just google it um but uh it is it is a pretty meticulous, I think, uh, windows version of links awakening, except that the entire map is, uh, um, is active and, and viewable. So you're no longer on a grid of screens that like auto scrolls. You just have, uh, uh, you just have a zoomed out camera. And I think you can even zoom it out further though. I couldn't figure out how just showing the entire map. And I'm not, recommending it because i'm like wow it's it's better this way it's really good i'm recommending it because it's just one of those rare instances where it's like oh i had this idea in my head i think we all have right of like what yeah. what if you could see more of the zelda map yeah yeah and, and i think it's a good opportunity to go explore uh what would happen if you could see the entire zelda map um while playing answer for yourself whether it it, it improves or or maybe even uh does the opposite for the
3: game I'd smoke that one. You know, I used to, uh, uh, for the past, uh, you know, several years or so, there, there there, was like a big long list of, you know, if you if you asked me, I would have been able to produce like a list of games, like vintage games that I would love to play widescreen, you know. But now that I've spent so many hundreds of hours, hundreds upon hundreds of hours with my mister, I, I no longer really feel like I need to play stuff widescreen, right? Right. But you mentioned this Link's Awakening thing and I'm like, Yeah, I'd play that. Yeah. So you who try it. knows? Who knows? Maybe I would love a widescreen, uh well, I guess they did make a widescreen Final Fantasy four, five, and six. So they did. The the the, the 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 official ones, yeah.
2: I will say that I enjoy widescreen on three D games. So like um
3: yeah. GameCube,
2: GameCube and Wii through Dolphin or whatever. well, I guess we did it natively, but like GameCube, you can force games into widescreen. It's like, oh, this is just a computer game now. That, that you just zoom out the camera.
3: Playing that Metroid Prime Remaster—it's not even a remaster. It's what Frank Sefaldi would call a remake uh, for the Nintendo Switch that That's came out. That's not
2: true. As... Wait, you wouldn't? you wouldn't call that a remake. That's a remaster. It's using the original assets
3: and the original logic. It's—it's it's the whole new. It's a whole new game, though. The graphics are all new. Everything's new. Watch the Digital Foundry video
2: well yeah i i know but aren't they based on original maybe not i don't know. i mean i don't know Is i Logic don't know the same it's i I, like, I, I, feel, feel, I think a remake means the logic's a little different at least
3: and maybe it's a little different but the controls are yeah they, they've got the modernized controls uh the graphics are 1080p a uh, wildly perfect 60 fps it's it's so much of a remaster that it it kind of a uh, i can't believe that's possible to still have the conversation about what's a remaster and what's a remake uh, lol uh but uh can't believe it's still possible to have that kind of I thought for sure this was a remake but I mean who knows
2: is this just an annual question now
3: yeah it should <laughs> be i guess uh when we do our games of the year episode i guess we'll have to talk about yeah uh, oh yeah 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 a couple Let's do of a, yeah. a couple yeah,
0: i got to add that to my list of things to play before the before metroid our,
3: prime uh yeah. remaster the yeah. uh, once called the citizen Kane of games uh i'll tell you what it's a nice video game.
0: Because I didn't like those games when they first came out particularly, um, but I wonder if I could like them now with some quality of life things.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's not even the quality. Here's here's the way to play it, if you're going to play it. You, you Go ahead and use the modern controls that let you use the right analog stick to look around. I will. But for the absolute love of God, do not ignore the auto-lock-on that lets you automatically snap the yeah target I know thats aim.
0: that's a critical thing for this that's
3: like uh, I'm not naming any names here but I saw too many people uh I'm talking like mainstream youngsters you know as a as a person who makes YouTube videos I have to keep you know one eyeball on the, the younger people who are also doing this particular sort of job I'm doing and I just want to say saw too many people uh not uh, celebrating the lock on it's very essentialized in the game it's very necessary. Mm-hmm. So, just saying everybody, don't try to play it like Halo. That's all. But enjoy the enjoy the right analog stick camera movement that they added to the game. I will. Yeah. But don't try to use it to aim at everything. That's not now the game was it was not designed that way. Yeah. This isn't a game about sniping headshots. I think I'm
0: I'm going to try it both ways a little bit just to get get the You taste. can
3: try you don't you don't need to choose a way. You there's a control method in there. That lets you use the right analog stick oh, to move sick. the camera, but also makes it so the left trigger auto-lock-ons, yeah. locks on to the targets, which is how you're supposed to play. Right. Just make, it, just make sure you play it that way.
1: I've got some recommendations. If you've enjoyed this episode, or any episode of Insert I'd recommend you rate and review our show wherever and however you can. Like got dat wmd who said great content but ruined by unnecessary time limits it seems like the host is actually bothered by the discussion being held the panelists are obviously very educated on the topic so just let them talk shoot Uh, you could also support us on patreon.com insert credit to pay everyone involved in this show except Tim Rogers. If you'd like to sponsor our show with an advertisement or personal message, it's easy and affordable to do that. You can contact us at show at and we'll get something going. You'd also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com or find videos of these episodes on youtube.com slash insertcreditshow. This episode is edited by Esper Quinn with original <laughs> music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Jaffe.
3: I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Tim Rogers.
0: I'm Brandon Sheffield.
1: And is this nonsense? yes
3: Game over, yeah. if you enjoyed this episode go outside do something else <laughs> They might be outside listening to it right now yeah that could be but also. Take the earbuds out, you numbskull. Yeah, go outside your own head, Jerome.